hey John, did you know me? Did you notice me trying to contain uh, my giggling while we were talking with Janine Condon, uh, one of the instructors at Tony's Track Day? Uh, yes, yeah. I did notice you had a great big uh, smug look on your face. Well, I was almost giggling out loud. You know, when you got back from Tony's Track Day, I remember the morning you came in here and you were like, you all puffed out and you were like, man, I just killed that class. And you were just like, you know, feeling really high about it. Uh, and then I find out today in this podcast that you were in fact in the uh, the red group, which is the novice group, uh, unable to keep up with the big boys in the black group. So I just, I just thought it was funny. I had a laugh out loud. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was funny. <laughs> Welcome to the Behind the Bars podcast, where we discuss all things motorcycles, memories, and mayhem. Oh, this is awesome. Sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Let's get this thing started. Here's John and Mark. So on the line with us today is Janine Condon. Janine is someone that I have reached out to, um, excited to have on board. Uh, Welcome, Janine. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Thanks for having me. We are we're excited to have you, um, Janine. Tell us just for our listeners that don't know who you are, or maybe haven't, uh, are not into the motorcycling world that that you're in. Tell us just a brief background on who is Janine Condon. <laughs> uh, well, so don't know if anybody who is a real badass. Here's the thing. So uh, I am um, thankfully one of the. I was one of the students at a, at one of your dad's classes, and um, while while I, Mark is probably going to try to classify me as a stalker, which I'm not. <laughs> I I you're a creeper at the very least. Well, so I watched Janine. Yeah. Because she she's she's a pro. She's the offspring of a guy that is an incredible rider, a she, racer. She rides circles around you. Let's let's stick let's stick with the uh, okay you know yes that's yes. probably Sorry, true. Thank I'm you. A, I just I will acknowledge that Janine rides circles around me. Cool. Because otherwise she's just going to be really polite and be like like Ken is. <laughs> but so Janine. Oh, so that's, that's just when you're in the pits, right? And I'm out riding. Well, so yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> I'm in the pits when you're riding. That was true. Because I was I was in so so our listeners that have not taken one of these courses that. That is um, Tony's track days that Janine is a um, instructor in. They have different classes, Mark, red, green, and yellow classes. And so the red class is like the screamers. These guys are like, like uh, going crazy, and they're able to like carve the corners. I was part of the red class, right, Janine? Isn't that what they cl- call the red class? Uh, so it's usually you were at a non-sport bike day, right? 
Yeah, I was riding a, I was riding a, a rogue glide. Yeah, yeah. So we have a couple of different types of uh, track days. Um, our non-sport bike days are actually some of our most popular these days. That's what you uh, came to join us for, where we invite regular street riders on whatever they ride. You ride what you bring um, onto the racetrack, and it's an opportunity to learn uh, amazing skills that you wouldn't get to learn on the street, or certainly shouldn't be learning on the street. Uh, in a, a safer environment. So we have uh, the red, yellow, and blue group. Uh, generally, the blue group is the faster group. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yellow is intermediate. Uh, yeah, so so Janine, let me let me get this right. So John really wasn't yeah. in the elite class group, was he? Uh, so at a non-sport bike day, it's more based off of um, some speed and some motorcycle ability. Uh, at the regular track days, the blue or sometimes the black group, depending on the track, those are the guys who are absolutely hauling. Um, uh-huh. And then the yellow group is intermediate, and the red group is kind of our more novice group. So, jo- um, so John was in the red group, isn't that true? I don't. I honestly don't recall. John, what group were you in? I do a lot of track days. I, I I had a red sticker on my on my robot. Okay, so John was placed in the novice group, but let's just make sure that we uh, that the red sticker was right on your bike, John, huh? <laughs> yes. So I had the red sticker, uh, Janine. So you're out there. You're you're one of the instructors in this uh, in the, in this in Tony's track days. Uh, group that's that's got um, classes all over New England. Uh, this one I think was in Thompson Speedway in Connecticut, right? Yep. Okay. So I yes I was in the so red group, Mark. Had a few different tracks. Yeah. Okay, so I was in the red group, right? Uh, it, it, which is the novice group, right? But before we went on air, you were telling me that you were the hot shot at this class. That you were just like you were one of the guys in the black group, but that's just not well, true. Well, so. Truth be told, yes, I, I I was in the novice group and in probably in the slower out of the novice group because I just uh, not not quite comfortable yet. But this is about Janine. Sorry Jeanine. to blow your cover, John. What's that, Janine? Sorry to blow your cover. It's okay. It's okay. So Janine, tell us what are you know you you're one of the instructors, which was um, it, it was very impressive to watch instructors and you're out there teaching classroom. You kind of spend yep. some time teaching classroom, and then you spend time on the track, and back and forth you go throughout the day. You know, uh, being someone that grew up with this, tell us, you know, what it, what have what have you taught, and what what do you feel like people um, really grasp? I mean, just talk to us about the class that you, that you teach with this. Sure. So, actually, I'll, I'll kick it off just by uh, going on with the non-slip bike. Um, theme here, uh, which are honestly the non-sport bike track days where we get regular riders on whatever they ride on the street onto the racetrack are some of my favorites. Um, because as somebody who loves to teach, uh, I love to see how much is absorbed and how excited people are when they leave. It is incredible the elevation that somebody's riding can go through from one day on the racetrack, uh, and we get a lot of people saying, "Well, a racetrack, I don't, you know, I don't want to crash, or my bike isn't, you know, I don't have a race bike." Well, you don't need to have a race bike, and honestly, if you're going to try to push your limits 
and something bad is going to happen, I'd much rather see that happen on the track where there's an ambulance literally 15 seconds away than on the street where there's going to be oncoming traffic and, you know, a lot more hazards. So people come to us and go to our track days and go to the classroom to learn um, how to elevate their skills. I think that uh, I recall my dad saying this in his podcast with you guys that if you've never leaned past 30 degrees and something bad happens on the street, you're not going to miraculously do that now. So you can come to the, the track spend the whole day learning how to do it safely and then go out on the street and if you get yourself into a sticky situation, then you have this uh, enormous, or hopefully significantly larger than you had before, uh, kind of margin for error if something does go wrong. Mm-hmm. So what we teach what we teach is kind of what the game of traction, I call it a game, um, of traction means when you ride a motorcycle, uh, what you know, how our motorcycle leans, how our motorcycle brakes, uh, how we can control our traction under acceleration. Uh, all of those things are, are things that we teach to somebody coming straight off of the street. And one of my favorite discussions in this, uh, at that day, at that track day, that, that was by far the best, without a doubt, the best motorcycle class. I'm an MSF instructor as well. For riding academy but certainly i am a novice when it comes to the track with that said is uh my favorite part of the day was uh the first part all these riders in the harley group were uh were telling every time we came back yeah man i scraped man i went around this corner and i tore it up and i was scraping this and i was scraping that right well i came back and i wasn't one of the ones i just wasn't slower group you know yeah yeah thank you mark I, I i appreciate what you can't see uh listeners is that mark smiles whenever i say i'm a novice <laughs> but anyway um at lunch ken uh condon janine's father s- says uh says a few words and says hey everybody uh you know raise your hand if you were scraping out there and you watch all these hands go up all the harley riders uh or a lot of them raising their hand and he and he said um well you're not impressing me and Ooh. it was like Ooh, deflated yeah all this you know scraping and he's like you can go fast faster and not scrape and was talking about how to do that and then showed us of course but really impressive stuff that that um which is why we wanted to get janine on here because she i know she has little tips so janine what are what are some of the little tips uh for non-sport bike riders like like a lot of our listeners are because we are predominantly you know harley davidson uh listeners uh on our podcast what are some tips for for those riders out there to uh to corner better or ride their motorcycle better oh boy um without spending a whole lot of time with people uh, <laughs> the big thing with scraping parts um oftentimes people start to scrape uh when they're using either well, I should say inadequate body position for the speed or the corner that they're going through. So that means that when you are uh, straight up and down on a motorcycle, right, you're just, let's say you're just sitting on it straight up and down and your body is aligned with the bike, um, your center of gravity is combined yourself and your bike at any point. Does that 
center of gravity of, of your whole mass is your body weight and the motorcycle's weight. Um, so when you're sitting on the bike, straight and down, it's, it's a straight line from your spine down through the center of the motorcycle. Uh, you will see, if you ever watch, let's say, uh, MotoGP, uh, that racers, right, lean their body to the inside of the motorcycle. Well, if you think about it, when you move your body weight towards the inside of the motorcycle, uh, you still have a combined center of mass, right, uh, center of gravity between yourself and the bike. By moving your weight to the inside of the motorcycle, you allow the motorcycle itself to lean less to the same speed to the same corner. So probably what my father uh, taught after that little uh, lunchtime session was how to incorporate body position uh, into your riding to decrease the risk of scraping parts. Am I correct? She's a lot more eloquent than I am when I describe these things. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I, I noticed it. I wasn't going to point it out, but now that you have pointed it out, I will agree wholeheartedly. Janine, I, I well, thank you. I was I hoping I was hoping that you could comment a little bit on what it's like uh, to be a woman instructor uh, in these classes. I'm curious about um, the whole dynamic of women in riding, and when uh, when you step up as the instructor in these classes. Um, what sort of challenges do you encounter being a woman? I, you know, it's we're such a male-dominated sport. I'm curious about, first of all, what percentage of women are in your classes, and what's the general perception from the male riders uh, as, of you stepping up? All right, so um, that's a question I'm asked a lot, actually. Uh, I should say that it, it differs depending on what class I'm in front of. Uh, so at the racetrack, at Tony's track days on our normal, our normal, you know, regular sport bike, although they're not all sport bikes, uh, any, pretty much any motorcycle who has a reasonable ground clearance can come to any of our days. Um, but people know me, you know, so I don't really have a whole lot. I face different challenges when I step in front of a group at Tony's track days than I do, let's say, at an MSF course. Uh, at ponies, um, oftentimes, you know, there's a handful of people who, who don't know who I am, but, you know, my, my last name matches my dad, who's the chief instructor, you know, so I think I, I kind of get a little easier there. Uh, and then we also have a couple of other uh, women riders, um, Carrie and, uh, and Kathy in particular, who are there all the time. And the two of them, along with myself, were in front of the group all the time. So there I find I, I don't face nearly as many challenges. When I step in front of a, an MSF group as a, a woman rider, there's a little bit more of a feeling of having to prove myself um, because people don't know me and don't know why a young woman is teaching the class. And although you, know, you, you don't like that that's, uncommon or a, you know, kind of a, a stereotype that, mo- that women who ride motorcycles aren't as good as men or aren't as proficient as men. Um, it's still something that I have to overcome in that sort of circumstance. And sometimes at a motorcycle, at an MSF course, I may, they may never see me ride, you know. If I'm the, uh, the principal instructor, uh, let's say, uh, who is in front of the class speaking rather than doing the demos and riding, 
then they might never never see that I can ride. <laughs> uh, so in that case, you know, I just I kind of just do my thing, honestly. I know how to speak the language of motorcycles. I know how to speak uh, motorcycles. And I think that fairly quickly, I, I find that people come around to realize that I know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm glad that it's not as big a challenge uh, as one might imagine. That's fantastic. What Janine, what do you make of this movement? We, we are noticing in our riding academy classes a high percentage of women um, are, are learning to ride motorcycles, and we think it's fantastic. Are you seeing the same thing there? And, and what is it exactly do you think that's changed the dynamic so much? Well, I think that there's, there's a couple different things. One, you see in any... In any sport or activity, women tend to be more apt to seek instruction and to seek professional training than men do. That's true. Um, yeah. so, so for classes that are more advanced skills, like I, I do participate in um, some of the riding in the zone training with my father. So uh, we do a lot of parking lot, advanced skill parking lot classes. Um, you guys should come join us at some point. <laughs> but... Uh, we see a lot of women there, and then we also see a fair number of women at the track. Uh, and I think that those more advanced um, classes is where you're trying, where you're seeing women who are more willing to spend money on training, uh, really want to know everything that there is to know so that they can be safe, the best rider that they can be. Um, when it comes to more women getting into the sport, it is uh, the fastest growing segment of the motorcycle market, you know. Uh, which I think is fantastic. Uh, I think that you see a lot of women who maybe always wanted to ride, but put on the back, and now they're like, you know what? I'm going to learn to ride myself. Like maybe some some form of empowerment, um, or you, you of course always see the midlife crisis. <laughs> uh, but I don't I don't know exactly what it is that's propelling women. Uh, to come into motorcycling. Maybe it's that the environment has become more welcoming to women. Uh, you see a lot of uh, motorcycle manufacturers coming out with uh, motorcycles that are, you know, don't look like tiny bikes. They look like regular motorcycles but are more friendly to the beginner rider. Yep. Uh, and with women, you see that they, just like they want more training, they're also willing to start on a more appropriate motorcycle. I say that because I think that everybody should start on a smaller bike. Um, and honestly, you see a lot of motorcyclists go back to smaller bikes because, hey, it's a whole lot more fun to ride fast and faster on a tiny bike around a whole bunch of people riding bigger bikes than it is to ride a bigger bike and be smoked by somebody on a 300. <laughs> so... Um, Keep going, Jenny. This is good stuff. Yeah. Um, thank you. But, like, especially with all of the 300s, 400s coming out, I think that you're seeing a lot of, of people um, more willing to start on those smaller bikes. And then um, women or people who, I don't want to necessarily just speak to women, but um, people who are wanting to kind of start slower, uh, start smarter, in my opinion, right, uh, have more options. So they don't have to go get an old little Ninja 250. Now they have a plethora of options, especially with Harley-Davidson coming out with smaller, 
smaller bikes, more bikes that are more friendly to novice riders. I think that I think that it's just like, hey, maybe I can do this. I mean, it sounds to me, you know, Janine's hitting on a lot of different factors that are kind of feeding this movement, right? I mean, it's, um, you know, the the bikes that are out there, the smaller bikes that are out there now, which is which is true, but um, more welcoming. I mean, I think even ourselves, Mark, and at Wilkins Harley Davidson, we're we've done more training. Harley Davidson's done more training. They're more apt to to uh, focus on on the discussion of making sure that. You know, you're not just picking out a, a bike. I mean, our team doesn't just pick out a motorcycle. We we talk with them. We talk with the women about all the different options, and then they select the motorcycle. But I loved what Janine said was women, uh, and she does speak very eloquently, so I won't I'll, I'll butcher this one, but she basically says that uh, women seek out the training, right? I mean, they, they seek out better instruction, professional training, which is which is true. Men traditionally yeah. don't. And you've you've said as an instructor that you you recognize that women listen closer, are better listeners to That's the to, to the lessons that you're giving, which is fascinating to me. It's not surprising, uh, but ultimately yeah. we may we may have safer riders than women because they're paying a little closer attention to what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think I think that's accurate. And while I don't, you know, Janine was being careful about making statements i don't want to i i like to be careful about making you know these statements but it's but it's been my experience that women pay attention closer Mm -hmm. when it comes to instruction i I don't know why that a handful of the guys are off looking at the bird that landed on the tree and (laughs) the women are leaning into the the instruction right so um janine tell me about um you know you and your dad riding on the track i know you guys warm up the bikes before after have a little fun uh, are you uh, finding yourself now that y- you you grew up with this that you're uh, you're smoking your dad on the track? Uh, smoking him? No, uh, I hope he'll kick my ass any day. But <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it is funny though. I mean, a little bit more of my background. I started riding on the racetrack before I was ever on the street, um, and I think that that was uh, a benefit, a unique benefit that I had, given that my father is who he is. Uh, that at 15, um, he uh, got me out on the track because he wanted me to experience, you know, kind of street speed without the street danger. Um, so I started I started riding dirt bikes when I was little. So I understood uh, the mechanics of a motorcycle. I understood how a clutch works and everything. But I'd never ridden something that was more than, you know, 150 pounds uh, and faster than maybe 30 miles an hour. So at 15, I was able to get out there. Uh, this was at Loudoun in New Hampshire, um, and I did maybe two track days that year, and then uh, I turned 16 in the spring, at which point I got my permit. And in Massachusetts, where I grew up, you can have your permit and ride without uh, unaccompanied. So um, then for my whole summer of, you know, before I was actually licensed in the fall, I rode uh, my dad's converted lift bike, which is a 660 single uh, MV Scorpion. Um, very fun bike, although I've jumped on it a couple times since then. I can't believe I ever rode it the way I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I rode about 4,000 miles just on my permit that That's year. That's cool. Yeah. And I was commuting to and from my you know, summer job, and my parents you know, were 
drive me back and forth. Um, but since then, you know, I've, I do, not necessarily in the last couple of years, just because of other life circumstances, but I do between maybe 12 and 16 track days a year. Uh, and it, it's amazing to be able to share that with my dad. You know, it's definitely something that he and I hold close as an experience that we get to share. Uh, we ride to, we try to do about a session, at least a session, uh, each track day together. Sometimes we go two up, I will, um, ride on the, on the back, which is, uh, pretty exhilarating. I bet. <laughs> ever ridden on the racetrack on the back of a motorcycle, it's a very different experience. Um, we do, uh, like communication. So just like, uh, we offer at Tony's track days one-on-one instruction where an instructor can be actually speaking with you through um, headset communicators, uh, my dad and I will go out and, you know, just look it up together and have a good time. So it's definitely something that he and I uh, really enjoy sharing. So, so Janine, two things. One, uh, I, I, I want to tell you, I, I thought that, you know, um, as far as the classes go, one of my favorite things about the class was um, your dad and, and many of the other instructors, but I remember specifically your dad um, would tap the, the tail of the motorcycle. And, and um, for our listeners that, that, that haven't taken this class, but would highly recommend it, he would tap the tail, he would pull ahead of you, and he would tap the tail of his motorcycle, meaning do what I do, follow what I'm doing. Um, and you try to replicate what Ken was doing um, but you find yourself riding faster and smoother. And after a couple, you know, uh, corners, if he felt comfortable, then he would just give you the thumbs up and he would just move ahead to the next motorcycle. But it was effortless. I mean, these Janine, her dad, they, they ride as if the motorcycle is on an autopilot and just amazing mm-hmm. how it does it. But Janine, what advice do you have? Cause we're running low on time. What advice do you have for for folks out there, especially women that are just getting into the sport or maybe haven't entered the sport of motorcycling quite yet? Um, if they haven't entered the sport of motorcycling, I'd say definitely you know, take an MSF course. Um, the Motorcycle Safety Foundation courses uh, are offered all across the country. Uh, the same curriculum in almost all states. Um, and you don't have to have your own motorcycle yet. Uh, you know, you come with the basics. You come with a helmet. Uh, actually, some sites even offer um, to borrow helmets. And you can you can get an idea of whether that's something you're interested in before you ever have to spend much money on it. Um, and you get some training while you're at it. So uh, that's really where I would say to start. Now, one kind of disclaimer is I'm, I'm never one to encourage somebody who isn't sure if they want to ride um, to go out and do it. I think it's a very personal decision. I think that you're, you need to recognize the risk that you're taking by choosing to swing a leg over a motorcycle. And that, um, you know, I, I hear of or I get students, female students, who come in and as an MSF instructor, sometimes I have to ask them, are you doing this for you or are you doing this for your husband? Or Absolutely. Your um, I think that it needs to be something that you do for you, uh, that it's, it's enough risk that it needs to be worth it to you. Now, if you're already a motorcyclist and you want to learn more, you can certainly check out uh, the Riding in the Zone website. Uh, my dad posts 
frequent blog posts with lots of information on lots of different topics. Um, you can uh, get in contact with, with him or uh, look at Tony's track days um, through his website. Uh, also, tonystrackdays.com is where you can find information on uh, track instruction, which I think is something that every street rider should experience, whether you come to one of our days or somebody else's days. Um, and uh, don't be afraid to come. Like, you don't have to ride a sport bike in order to ride and learn on the racetrack. Uh, we have a lot of people, even at our regular days, who are on, you know, a GSs and, like, you know, everything. VFRs, everything. You don't have to have a real sport bike in order to come to a track day. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with that 100%. Janine, we know you're busy. You, you're working all the time. I don't want to take up any more of your time, but um, we sincerely appreciate this and would love to circle back with you at, at a future date to talk about some other topics yep. that we have that we would love for you to uh, um, offer us your, your two cents on. I'd be happy to. Janine. Yeah, I'd love to join you guys again. Janine, thank you very much for taking the time with us today. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. It was my pleasure. Talk to you soon, Janine. Thanks for listening to the Behind the Bars podcast, sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Stay tuned for our next exciting podcast. Check out additional information on WilkinsHarley.com.